everybody. Happy Tuesday afternoon and welcome back into another episode of Great Quarter Gals. I'm Kaylee Nix and this is the show where we talk about incredible women doing incredible things in the transportation, logistics, and supply chain space. And with me is one of our top-notch women in the space, my favorite co-host, Grace Sharkey. Grace, excited to be with you back again on this Tuesday and happy Women's History Month. Yes, happy Women's History Month. Tomorrow's International Women's Day. I'm just, I think I'm taking, it was a full moon last night slash today. So I'm taking in all the energy. I'm, I'm just enjoying all of it. And uh, the next 48 hours are for us. That's right. And we just won't <laughs> talk about the Saturn return and the other planets. And we'll, we'll yeah. ignore that off to the side. But it's super exciting Did to you see... see- well, I was going to say, did you see Jupiter and Venus, though, like hanging out over the last couple mm-hmm. days? That Beautiful. was pretty cool. That yeah. was, this, this is a star show now. so <laughs> Great quarter astronomy, great astronomy gals. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm a meteorologist, but I don't study meteors. It's, it's weather. Anyways, <laughs> super excited to be here for Women's History Month. And as we mentioned, International Women's Day is tomorrow. And because of that, we've got a lot of great groups that are doing awesome things involving freight and logistics. And our guest today, we are going to get to chat with her in just a little bit. But before we get there, let's talk about some of the stuff that's going on in celebration of women and supporting girls getting into supply chain and logistics. First one, of course, we know some of our favorites, Girl Scouts of America. Yeah, uh, I'm a big Girl Scout fan, was a Girl Scout for the longest. Uh, Fun fact about me, I gave up almost a full decade of ballet to go full into Girl Scouts. I had to choose one or the other, just not enough time in the day as a as a young preteen, but uh, uh, I loved Girl Scouts. And especially because you really get to make your own destiny in Girl Scouts, right? There, You do earn patches as a team, as a whole, but you do get the opportunity to be independent and choose different badges that you feel passionate about in all types of different industries and markets out there. And so uh, for everyone out there, of course, we all know that the Women in Trucking uh, Association has put together their own Girl Scout trucking badge, which I think is so cool. I'm actually um, looking at likely going to be August of doing uh, my own Girl Scouts uh, badge situation here in the Lansing area. Uh, So it's a way, I think, to introduce women and young women to STEM-oriented industries like trucking. And it's not just about teaching them like, oh, look how cool a truck is. Uh, Look at someone like Ingrid, right? And how uh, awesome of an opportunity this could be. But it's also about teaching them the mechanic side of it, teaching them about um, the flying side of freight, the uh, rail side of freight, uh, the engineering side, all of the in-betweens. I think especially in our industry, we're seeing so much more on the data side, uh, data analytics as we go into AV and EV technology. I mean, we're going to need a whole new set of engineers and uh, brilliant minds behind that in order to bring some really great solutions to the market. So, I'm all about anything that's going to get uh, young girls thinking about science first. And as an aunt myself, I am constantly buying them cool potions and different types of STEM-related gifts. That's what I've decided for the rest of their lives, which they love. And they do actually love. And that's So let's make sure that we're giving back to the younger generation and any brokerage out there. How easy could this be for you to just work with your local Girl Scout troops and, and put together a day where you teach them exactly about what you're doing? 
or even a carrier that's out there, right? Reach out to your local Girl Scout troop and get Girl Scouts that are there on the dockyard with you. Let them walk around a truck and see how things truly work in the throws and in really working in those depths of transportation, right? I'm really interested in that yes. creating creating the badge. Give us just like a quick little rundown on how that works. Yeah, so they put together a uh, curriculum. So basically when you have a badge, there's usually a curriculum of things that you have to do, much like any type of college class, high school class, right, in order to pass and obtain that uh, that badge. And this one's really interesting. Usually you, there's some type of uh, hands-on activity, whether it's you're going to see a, a ship nearby or you're going to go see a truck, get a tour of the truck, that type of uh, situation. Then there's also a cool packet coloring book that comes with um, the uh, women in trucking uh, um box, you could say, that showcases the steps it takes to make and bake a Girl Scout cookie. So it takes them all the way from the field, uh, getting the grains all the way to the different uh, uh, warehouses and bakeries and all of that, uh, everything it takes to put together those cookies and get them to the Girl Scouts at the end of it. They get a really cool doll that the women in trucking, I'm sure you've seen before. It's, uh, it's about this size, decent sized doll. Um, and I believe usually there's some type of like relay race that you put together too. Uh, one of the recent ones I was uh, looking into, uh, they had to do a mock pre-check, which is so cool. Like, I just think that kind of stuff's so cool. So uh, those are a couple different ways that they curate that uh, content for the women in trucking. I love that. And go Girl Scouts, support them. It's also cookie season. So go find your lo local Girl Scout. They're probably outside of a Walmart selling cookies and support them that way. Yes. Our guest is in Grace, but before we get to her really quickly, I want to talk about Just for Success really quickly, because this is another organization whose entire mission is built on supporting women in business settings and getting women to dress for success. And everybody knows when you look good, you feel good, you perform good. Let's talk about them really, really quickly. Yeah, Just for Success is a really simple organization. It helps women who are starting our new careers, going for interviews, uh, who might not feel like they're the best uh, prepared dress-wise or uh, clothing-wise. It gives them uh, free clothing to go out there and, and nail those interviews and, and nail that job. There's a lot of women, right, who might not have invested in suits or business attire, and unfortunately, everything like uh, eggs and everything else on the shelves, clothing has gone up as well. So for a lot of the women are trying to really change their lives and, and change the way that their career is going, uh, it just takes something small like that outfit to make them feel confident in that role and take that step forward in the right direction in their career. And it's also something that I think a lot of people don't completely understand might stop women from taking on a new career. Hey, I don't, I don't have the clothes that would justify or, or help me uh, in this role, at least compared to what I see those people wearing in the office. So, and I don't have the funds in order to do so. A lot of single moms out there and in, in those situations, right? It's either food or that nice uh, suit. So this sets them up for the opportunity to go in, into that job full, fully confident with the wardrobe that they need in order to excel. 
And we love it. And you can head over to dress2success.org to see if you've got a local chapter in your area, volunteer to support them. Or if you don't have an affiliate, look at setting one up for this year. Awesome way to not only help out women in your area, but also maybe reduce some waste and get people into some recycled clothing, some thrifted things, and really just be better all overall for everybody. All right, Grace, let's go ahead and welcome in our guest for today. And you and I are on the internet a lot. We talk a lot of supply (laughs) chain. We are on LinkedIn all the time. Obviously, we do our shows, our podcasts. But with us today is Kate Gillespie, sorry, who is at Kate is booked on TikTok. And I came across her TikToks like probably a year and a half ago, immediate follow and consistently watch her TikToks, breaking down supply chain things from very high level into very granular, absorbable things, and of course, doing it with humor. So Kate, thank you so much for joining us here on Great Quarter Gals today. We're going to talk a little bit about your life on the internet, how it is talking supply chain, and the internet, it's its hard to go viral, and then it's hard to stay viral, right? Yes, it definitely is. Thank you for having me on. It's so great to be here. Big fan of the show. Oh, awesome. Well, I'm really excited too, because one of my favorite things about your uh, perspective on things is that you you come from really kind of like the shipper side, right? Like you, you have an idea, you get to see the problems that we messed up, right? And so it's like, it's an interesting to, to see some of your TikToks. I laugh because it's, it's the aftermath of people not solving or bringing the right solutions to the table. And so uh, congrats on, on the network and the content that you've built, because I think it's, it's very clever and it's exciting to see, of course, another woman in the space taking some, some action in TikTok too. Thank you. Thank you very much. So let's talk a little bit about your role in supply chain. You've got, you're in the field, you work in New York City, you work for PVH Corp, and you are on their supply chain side of things. But also TikTok is sometimes a full-time job, right? Making content is very, very difficult. Tell us a little bit about your role in supply chain and then how now that translates into the internet. Right. So I graduated from the University of Texas with a degree in supply chain from 2016, in 2016, Um, just had the typical career path where I ended up in buying for a company called Stage Stores down in Houston. They actually went bankrupt during COVID, so they don't exist anymore. And then I was there for about a year and a half, and I started really thinking about what I wanted from the supply chain. I was applying to a bunch of jobs, and I fell in with CoverGirl in New York City as a demand planner. And that was when Cody Cosmetics had just bought the the division from Procter & Gamble. And so they needed someone to come on for demand planning and really change the way that they were doing replenishment then. Because at that time, they were still producing in China. They were switching production to the European region instead because of, you know, there's a lot of regulations that go into creating cosmetics, et cetera. And then I love demand planning so much, but I thought, let's get a little bit deeper with this. Let's go down to the supply side. And that's how, you know, right around the time the pandemic started, I actually got my job at Calvin Klein doing production planning. And that was when we were at a time where we needed pretty, I'm sure it's the same for everyone else. We needed anything to get into the country that could. We were on lockdown. E-commerce was really big at that time. And so they needed someone to come on and help out with replenishment. And that was me 
Since then, I've moved on to a different brand within the company. It's called Warners and Olga. You can see it in like Target, Walmart. And that's an even bigger challenge now because you not only have the same issues that I was dealing with at Calvin Klein, I with production planning, et cetera, I'm now doing it on a scale where I have to answer to these giant corporations like Walmart and really deal with their fill rates. So my day-to-day is very interesting and varied and it's kind of ad-lib process. The basics of what I would say I do in production planning is that I'm the one purchasing the actual units from the factories, making sure that it gets into the United States. But then my my role has expanded over the years that I've been in fashion where I also do inventory analysis. I'm heading up special projects at our distribution centers. I'm working with sourcing and procurement to figure out our raw material situation because we all know in the supply chain that when one part of the supply (laughs) chain breaks down, the whole supply chain breaks down. Mm -hmm. And we've also seen after the pandemic that we have to put in this bigger risk mitigation uh, plan when it comes to working. And so I originally created TikTok during the pandemic because I I read a lot. I read over 100 books a year. And so that's what Kate is booked actually means is that I want us to do book reviews. (laughs) And then (laughs) there was just a particularly difficult couple of days at work where I just wanted to be honest about it on TikTok. It was really unhinged. And all of a sudden it went super viral. I think it was just me talking about how supply chain is ruining my life. It's not. but (laughs) And so, of course, it just blew up. And then I started talking about my job because I think it is interesting. You don't hear about it a lot when you see products in industries, you know, like consumer product goods. You see more of the marketing side of it or the advertising or even, you know, the engineering, how it's made, whatever. But you don't really talk about how it gets to you. And that's something that I've always thought was interesting. And I've always thought it was interesting how some random little thing that happens overseas can affect what we get in stock here, no matter what industry you're in. You could see a shortage of groceries, you know, like a can of corn at your store. And I can say, oh, well, that's because, you know, something happened overseas that is now, we're just now seeing that effect. And so it's been really fun to break down that information and put it in a way to say, this is how it affects you. And this is what you might see in the future. Because I think supply chain management at the end of the day is very intuitive. It is kind of, you know, not common sense, but it it is something that we can break down and make understanding understandable for everyone. Yeah, and it gets really interesting once you start breaking it down. I mean, I just did an episode about, like, the helium shortage, and that's why Party City is having difficulties. And, like, the fact that there's a plant in Russia that's been having issues, and then the U.S. stopped making helium. And so it's, like, these little small things that, like, come together that lead to large companies having some really hard issues and being in it. I think it's frustrating when you hear even like blanket statements, like supply chain issues, because you know, it's like, okay, that could be a million things. So (laughs) can we specify exactly what's happening for you? Your content is very, uh, it, it, it's funny because it touches a lot on the headaches. And I think that's the best part about this industry, right? Is that we're solving the problems so that the end consumer doesn't have to see those. Uh, what 
how do you go about like even picking content or, or deciding, hey, in this moment, this is something that I I should probably touch on or, or would hit uh, my audience really well? I usually, I talk to a lot of people in the field and a lot of times what I pick to use as content is some based on some crazy story I've heard from someone. I was recently on holiday with my family during Christmas and we ended up talking to a different family from Europe who the dad works for SAP and he was talking about how he was going through this process where he was getting a brand new Tesla and he was so excited and he told us the story about his Tesla and then it turned out that his Tesla was on the boat that went up in flames and then like <laughs> sunk into the ocean and <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at that that's a horrible story but you it's just hilarious it's how this guy I've never met before and just met that day was like, yeah, uh, so I don't have a Tesla and I'm not getting one. And there's some <laughs> other stories. <laughs> I know there's some other stories where I've had older coworkers tell me about things that they found in packages. I've had situations where I've gotten an email from one of my partners overseas who has very casually just been like, yeah, we had a truck get off the road. Um, it fell. No one's hurt. That's fine. But uh, the package is like in a box on the ground. And I think the best part about creating content is that you just find the humor in the little things. And yeah. that's what I like to do. So that's how I come up with, that's why everything is very on the spur in the moment. It's not super planned out because TikTok is not the platform mm -hmm. where you are able to plan out everything. The algorithm changes so often that you really just have to be spur of the moment and adapt to the changes. And so I like producing content based on actual stories that I hear from people and my own personal stories too, just living in New York, doing the day-to-day -day of supply chain. And of course, we're all at the end of the day slaves to the algorithm, right? We're all we're all trying to get that hit and make that viral happen. So of course, right. we are still coming towards the end of the first quarter of this year. And really, everybody starts the year with some predictions, right? So we've got one of your TikToks that laid out some of your 2023 predictions for the year. Let's roll that and then we'll go through how some of those are going so far. My name is Kate. I work in supply chain management. I've worked in supply chain for over 10 years now. And here are my manufacturing predictions for 2023. First prediction is that companies that are producing U.S. intended products are going to move the production from China and India into countries like Mexico. We're still having issues with ocean freight transit times, and air freight is incredibly expensive. So by producing things in Mexico or South America, it has a better chance of getting to the U.S. and it's cheaper. Next prediction is that in 2023, you're going to see a lot of modular home items. The furniture industry was hit really hard during the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's still having supply chain issues. So you're going to see companies that will manufacture items that have more than one function, such as this company, Transformer Table. I could never afford the table, but basically it expands, and then it can also become a coffee table or a console table. I think that's really cool, and I think you'll see more of this in the future. My last prediction of 2023 concerns the fashion industry. Sustainable supply chains are becoming increasingly important, but I don't think for the fashion industry it's going to happen anytime soon because you still have stories like this. You still have consumers spending a shit ton of money on places like Shein, so much so that they're adding and expanding into the U.S., like warehouses and manufacturing facilities. 
I want to be optimistic about sustainable supply chains in the future, but I think for the fashion industry, the consumers are just not there yet where they will help uh, pressure companies and enact actual change. Let me know if you have any supply chain predictions for 2023 that you think I missed. I love that. All great predictions. Definitely. I, I love the furniture one is not what I thought about. So that I think is a really interesting one. And I'm, I'm the same. It's, it's almost like if I am going to buy very expensive furniture, it better do more than one thing. At this <laughs> point, That's for sure. Uh, you said you love to read so much. So even like the way that you diagnose all of that news, uh, I, I, I know that Freight Waves, I'm sure, is one of your favorite places to go to for supply chain news. But I'm interested, uh, What's it? I guess, what type of content do you like uh, reading for your job in particular that you're in in order to make sure that you're ahead of the game and any issues that might end up interrupting your own supply chain? Yeah, so my reading falls into two categories, really unhinged, but I read a ton of fantasy, so there is that. <laughs> And then I read a lot of nonfiction. So the nonfiction that I read is mainly from thought leaders in the space. Like Scott Galloway is a marketing professor at NYU. And he just came out with a book called Adrift, America in 100 Charts. And it's basically just taking these large amounts of data and what the observations are from that data. So that's a book that I would really recommend. And then I also read a lot of books like Grit by Angela Duckworth that just teach you or provide she's a psychologist actually but she she wrote this book about how people can't be afraid of failure you know getting that grit pushing through failure so a lot of the stuff I read is mainly just about searching for a way to be your best self in addition to business stuff because when it comes to books it's kind of hard with the lead times and everything business is always changing for my supply chain news specifically, I'm always looking at news outlets like Freight Waves and, um, you know, Wall Street Journal, New York Times and everything. I love that. And those books... I do have... Sorry, go ahead, Grace. This is Kaylee. I do have... I got to plug a book because I'm reading one right now and it's actually in the Freight Waves family in a way as well. This one in particular, I don't know if you've read this yet, Source to Soul. I just bought it. Yeah. Oh my God, so yeah. good. I'm going to leave an Amazon review tonight. Uh, Radu, I met at Manifest. Uh, incredible. Uh, and just stories of like small ways that you can uh, sustain your supply chain. So, and uh, Vishnu, who used to write for Freight Waves, uh, helped edit this book. So, here's another one. I'm glad you bought it. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Okay, I'll add it up to the top of my list. There you go. I'm going to have to go over to my bookshop.com account and order it myself. Um, Kate, thank you so much for being here today. We really, really appreciate it. And before we let you go, I have another TikTok that I picked out that I, I relate to pretty hard. And I love this one because I'm definitely like a do-it-yourself type of person. And the stitch of this person homemaking their butter, right? You say that your next <laughs> mental breakdown project, goal to forget what supply chain even means and create your own butter. I feel this way with eggs right now, right? Like, let's let's roll the clip. Hi guys, I just wanted to show you all how I make my own deliciously creamy homemade Irish butter. I put a pint of Irish double cream into this great little churner from Kilner UK. I churn it for about 8 to 10 minutes and that separates it into butter and buttermilk. Now, the buttermilk I always strain off, I keep it in a jug and I put it in the fridge until I want to make some homemade Irish soda bread. I then get a bowl of iced water because you need to rinse the butter 
in this water, you need to change the water two or three times because you need to get the last of the buttermilk out of that butter. It stops the butter going rancid and it keeps it as fresh as possible. Then what I tend to do is shape it straight away. So I use my butter pots that I've, that I've had for years, okay? They're from a charity shop and I just love them. They're so old, I just love them. So then I shape my butter, I put it under a sheet of baking parchment and then I put flaked sea salt all over the top. Then I wrap it up and put it in the fridge until I need to use it. It's so delicious. I always want to eat it straight away. This is a really lovely. Amazing. Forget inflation, mm -hmm. forget grocery prices. We're going homemade butter. Kate, thank you so much again for being here today. If people want to reach out to you and follow your content, obviously at Kate is booked on TikTok. Are you anywhere else? Um, I'm on Instagram, same handle. That's more of my New York life, but I do some supply chain stuff on there too. But that's all. <laughs> Love that. Well, keep uh, killing it. And thank you for being another amazing woman contributing to our space. Love seeing it. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, go give her a follow. Maybe go pick up that book as well. I'm definitely going to be ordering Adrift, America and 100 Charts. That sounds so fascinating. Grace, yes. of course, all of us are on social media as well. You can catch me at Kaylee Nix WX on Twitter. My TikTok, not super popping. Just, just lots of likes on there. What about you, Grace? Uh, you can find me at Gracie Main Lafreight on uh, Twitter, or you can find me at, uh, I do have one viral reel that's driving me nuts because it's not that cool on uh, uh, Instagram as well. So you can find me there too. <laughs> and of course, they can find you every weeknight on Sirius XM channel 146 for Road yes. Dog Radio. Drive time with Grace Sharkey. Yeah. Call into that phone number. Give her a phone call. It's Thomas Watson Tuesday, so he'll be with you tomorrow uh, tonight. And then we'll see you tomorrow on Freight Waves Now. I'll be there tomorrow, Freight Waves Now as well. You can catch us at 9 a.m. And we'll see you guys next week. One, two, three, ha!